this moment right here for me to have this opportunity. I feel like I'm one of the strong ones. We are the strong ones. Because you do realize that there's no other you. I couldn't find another you. You, you. And if people ask me what it's like to chat to Armin van Buren, I'll tell them, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is that I'm enjoying a bit of blah, blah, blah with you. So there's your official welcome, Armin van Buren, the KFM 94.5. Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel honored. Thank you for your time and a uh, big shout out to all my fans in, uh, in South Africa. I really miss you guys and hope to be back there soon. What is the one thing that stands out about South Africa for you? Ah, the nature, man. Everything about it. The people, super friendly. Yeah, I just love coming there, man. It's, it's always been a great experience. I always made extra time when I come to South Africa, which is something I don't do when I come to other countries, just because I love it so much. We went on some camps over there, and I'm looking forward to show my family the big five. That's really on my to-do list. That could actually happen this year in 2022 because, I mean, we're looking for a, a big festival or something to that effect because I think people just need a bit more human touch and a bit of, <laughs> you know, good connection. But I think that's also great for you to come through with a, a bit of a rest down here because, you know, we have safaris, but we also have great restaurants, amazing people. And I think it'll be cool for you and your family to come down. Oh, absolutely. I, well, I, like I said, I was there on the, with my Armin Only tour. We did a fantastic show in 2014, I think, at the Coca-Cola Dome. And after that, we went on a safari with the entire crew for a few days. And it was just one of the most incredible things I've ever done. It was so magical. We find your music magical because, you know, during this time that we've all been sort of lacking human touch, you've been working. And, you know, we've been actually looking through the catalogue of music and remembering the good old days. Whenever I play an Armin van Buren track on my show, automatically people go into festival mode and they say like, oh my word, I remember this, I remember that. And, you know, the other day I played blah, blah, blah. And somebody sent me a video of your performance down here and it was just nostalgic it just felt so good and I think people need that and I've been wondering around this new track of yours Human Mm -hmm. Touch I suppose you know that's exactly what we've been lacking in this time was that the premise for the song when you and Sam Gray got together? I didn't write the lyrics those lyrics were written by Sam I did produce the song obviously and uh, I thought it was a good time to release the song because we do lack human touch I mean it's great that we have this video opportunity right now it's great to see each other and I've done many many of these meetings Mm -hmm. on Zoom on Teams and on FaceTime and whatnot but there's nothing like you know being together in one room celebrating life I've done many parties online but there's always something missing which is the human touch it's just being around human beings and feeling the warmth of each other being able to see the other levels of communication with our body language and stuff like that which is a lot harder through screens and all that and I think our music the reason why our music works yeah is because we celebrate it together I mean if you hear a great song it's fantastic but if you celebrate it with your friends on a great party you'll make memories forever you know you will remember that track for the rest of your life and that's how it goes and that's what I actually miss right now I miss the human touch I miss <laughs> seeing my fans responding to the tracks I've made you know I'm in the studio and I'm I'm very thankful that I have some time off, that I don't gig as much because I'm, you know, I'm a father too and I'm home a lot and I really feel like I'm a dad and makes me feel really thankful for that. So it has a good side. But on the other hand, you know, I'm making all this music and I don't have that many gigs. So it's just hard to really have a reference. I'm liking this with the crowd feel this, you know, with this drop actually work and stuff like that. 
Well, I think that's why we have families because I'm sure if you play your stuff around the house, does the family respond? I mean, do they like your music? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I always test the tracks with my family. It drives them nuts, I think. <laughs> but um, there's nothing like a real crowd response. You only know if a track works if you road tested it. Something happens if you play a good new track and you play it for the first time. You can instantly feel what that track needs. You know, if it needs changing. And it's a little bit more difficult now to release music because I haven't had the opportunity to road test it. So I think the road testing is quite important, and that's why radio has become quite important. And I know that you have a radio show, State of Trance. It's one of those shows. I think it's been around for so long. Did you start that in two thousand and one, right? Yeah. We celebrated episode 1000 last year in February. It was crazy. You see, that's so cool. And I mean, you still get a chance to almost road test. When I play a track on radio, I know the response is not the same as a massive crowd, but you get that because, you know, we use an interactive WhatsApp line where we get all the responses immediately. And I mean, when I drop a track, that's why on my show, the KFM Top 40, when you're testing songs, you get that feeling from everybody. They're like, oh my word, playing this right now. Sometimes they send you a video of you bumping the track. And I think that's the closest thing that I get to, to see how the response is and what people feel when they listen to the music. I think it's great what you're describing is the feeling I have as well. During COVID, during the lockdown, yeah. I was still had the opportunity to go to the office to record my radio show, you know, keeping distance with everybody. But I was really thankful for that because it really helped and it gave perspective. And that's why I stayed on top of the music. And it's still strange. You know, we had to embrace trance music through radio only, which was a new phenomenon. Yeah. I used to do meditative trance parties all around the world. And I based my year mixes track selection for that. And I based everything around the crowd response rather than the response on WhatsApp and on YouTube when I do the radio show. I mean, it's still great. Like, I'm thankful to have that. I just don't know how DJs do that without a radio show, because I think it's important to still feel connected to those fans. And especially around the lockdown time, because, you know, you could still sit at home and at least enjoy the new music because there's all these producers making so much great stuff and it was all sent my way and at least I had an output I had a way to share it with the fans say oh here's a great track check it out and the fans were like oh yeah I can't wait to hear that live you know so I have a lot of catching up with the fans to do for sure you do you definitely do but I love what you said about that this is why I love radio I love this platform because we get a chance to do that and have that instant human connection and even working on TV is one of those things where you're staring at cameras but like there's something very intimate about radio that kind kept us connected especially with producers like yourself you kept us feeling it like we didn't lose the feeling we didn't lose that desire to go out to a trance party and actually just kick our shoes off and just dance in the mud for like five hours i mean that's the beautiful thing that we used to do and i know we can't do it on that scale anymore but this is the importance of having producers such as yourself and i thank everybody that i chat to especially people like you for saying thank you for keeping us sane during a time we could have just broken and changed our entire way of thinking and our happiness that's the power of music that's why i love it so much so armin thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) that's important so now we got you on i think there's a lot of fans that want to hear from you and also different things that i suppose you won't find on wikipedia about armin van buren now we know state of trance we know this new track human touch with sam gray which is going to be a banger and probably go to number one on the chart in cape town just letting you know on the kfm top 40 throwing that out there but there's also a couple of other facets that i'd like to know and this is essentially for the fans now The first thing I want to ask you is a guilty pleasure track. Now, I'm sure you've heard of these before. It's these tracks that people will not connect with you because you're in the trance and producing industry that kind of is more centered around dance. But do you have a guilty pleasure song that you go back to? Oh, yeah. Okay, what is that? one One of my hobbies is cooking. So I spend a lot of time cooking in the house. Yeah, yeah. 
I love Kamado style barbecuing. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yes, I do the same. Uh, it's yeah, the it's best. amazing. When I cook for my family, I like to have certain atmosphere in the house, you know. So I always put on Frank Sinatra, funnily enough, you know, tracks like I Get a Kick Out of You or, you know, My Way and all that sort of stuff. I know these songs were not written by him, but just this performance. And I just feel really happy when I hear Frank Sinatra on the, on the kitchen stereo really loud. And it makes the cooking so much more enjoyable. So I guess that's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> that is so cool. Because, I mean, you, you know, South Africans, we love braai. And I mean, that's just one of the, the places that we come together is that around the fire or around something like a Kamado or a, one of those big green egg things or whatever that may yeah. be. And I think that's that's so special. Yeah. But Frank Sinatra, that is such a great pick. It's so suave. And would you ever remix a Frank Sinatra track? No. Or is it that a place no, you don't go? No, I mean, I don't, I think we should keep some things untouched, you know, okay. he's such a legend and it's just, for me, he's, he's a hero and you know, some music, I mean, never say never, maybe this will be used against me one day. We'll see. I don't know, but I don't have an idea for that. I think Frank Sinatra, it's good as it is. You should not touch it. It's perfect, you know, for me at least it's personal <laughs> I agree with you as well there's something about it that cannot be touched you know and I know some DJs have tried but I just had to ask you know given the fact that you are yeah. very very synonymous with the most epic remixes of songs that I've ever heard imagine my way Armin van Buren remix that would be something special but later we won't talk about that now we'll leave him untouched for now Next thing I want to ask you, and this is, of course, once again, for the fans. Now, there's a massive move around the world. Celebrity boxing has become a thing. I've even been part of a celebrity Mm. boxing match as well. So if there's one DJ Mm. in your field, a producer that you'd like to see in a ring and challenge and box against, who would it be? Uh, Fabian. Fabian Bone. uh, His real name is uh, Brennan Hart. He's my good friend. It would be fun to box with him. <laughs> now, another thing is around collaborations. If there's somebody that you haven't got to yet for a collaboration or a vocal, who would that person be? Yeah, I think the obvious Adele, uh, Billie Eilish, uh, you know, Beyonce, Chris Martin. Yeah. I think the obvious. But I always tell people that no matter who you work with, in the end of the day, it's always the song that matters. You know, you can be the biggest artist on the planet, but if your songs are not great, then it's not going to work anyway, you know? So I think that's really important to stress that you can't create something great, even if the artist is great. I mean, you do get bonus points, of course, if you work with Katy Perry or Ava yeah. Max or whatever. You get bonus points because it's great and they have their fan base and they bring that to the occasion. So that helps. But at the end of the day, if the song isn't great, it's not going to work. So true. Now, when it comes to concerts, you've been to a lot. And it's not just a concert for you. I mean, I've seen the gigs. There's lighting, there's pyrotechnics, there's people jumping up and down. There's basically, you can feel one of your festivals on the Richter scale. That's how big it goes. But what is the craziest thing that's ever happened to you at one of those festivals? Craziest things ever happened to me. Wow, I had so many things happening to me. (laughs) I think... One of the festivals I played last year was one of the first ones after I came out of lockdown. Yes. I didn't DJ for like almost a year and I was in Andorra and I was on a mountain, Andorra Mountain Music Festival. And my first gig, it was completely dry and I started playing and I swear to God, the whole day had been dry. I started playing and it was torrential rain, like really bad. It rained on my decks because the wind blew the water into the area where I was and there was a layer of water this thick on my decks and fortunately I switched to the new uh, players the yeah. new version of the player and they just kept playing so I don't know I just have to thank my angels up above for something for uh, not ruining a <laughs> show but it was one of those magical moments for sure indeed if it wasn't DJing and producing what do you think you would have ended up doing? probably something that you're doing I think uh, making radio I mean I finished my law degree I'm a lawyer just by profession so I finished my bar exam but 
I don't really like that stuff. You know, I don't like to get paid off of other people's misery. So I switched my career, I guess. I was always into music, but I never believed that I could actually make it to the top, you know. So, yeah, I just feel very humbled by that. I think it's beautiful and it's something great to listen to you say that you are a lawyer, but at the same time, you just went to go do what you love. I think more people need to hear stories about following passion because it's not easy. I think when people no. see Armin van Buren, they say, oh, you know, it's, it's, he's amazing. And yes, you are, but there's a story behind you, a story as to how difficult it was to start from a place where you had to get up there. You had to get to that number one DJ mag slot and it didn't take a little finger snap and you were there or one single it took a lot of i'm sure a lot of gigs a lot of struggles a lot of stress to get to where you are and i think that story is what more young musicians need to hear yeah i agree well the most important thing i'd like to say about that thank you for your comments but um i think you have to realize that if you have an ambition to be successful in this industry where i'm in then you got to realize that you got to find your unique self i see many people trying to copy me or any other dj but you have to realize that the only reason why i'm successful is because i'm not like any other dj and it's up to the crowd to decide if they like me or not so Success also depends on embracing your uniqueness, embracing who you really are and where you come from, what is important to you. And that's what I found throughout the years. I think that what you are saying is exactly what I stand for. In fact, I know it does. Authenticity is something you can only find within yourself. And, you know, yeah. be yourself because everybody's taken already. That's what I say. Find something that is unique to you. Thank you so much for coming to our TED Talk. You heard it first from Armin van Buren. That's it. But that's what it was. People need to hear that. And that's, I appreciate those words, Armin. I really do. And I appreciate your time here today. You haven't shared only good light about your new single, which is absolutely incredible. But I think you've also imparted some knowledge to younger producers and DJs getting out there and finding their own thing and sticking with it and trusting it. And not just stopping at the sight of the first failure. We can't do that. We have to keep on pushing on. And I think that's the most beautiful oh. thing about that. On that note, I'd like to say that most of my tracks were not successful at all. I think 80 or maybe 90% of the music I released did absolutely nothing. <laughs> and that's the reality of things. But the good thing about bad music is people don't listen to it. There's a little truth to the 10,000 hour rule. You know, they say that you have to work 10,000 hours to be a good in anything, whether it's sports or literature or whatever. And there's a truth to that. You know, you have to first... Ed Sheeran said it really nice in his documentary. He said, first, you have to write 100 terrible songs to get to your good ones. You know, it's like you have to get the 100 bad songs out of your system and then you'll start making good ones. It's a beautiful message. And it's something that I know will echo through long after this interview is watched or heard on KFM 94.5 and beyond. I really appreciate it, Armin van Buren. Thank you very much for your Thank time you. today. Yo, guys, what's up? It's Armin van Buren here. You're listening to the KFM Top 40 with Carl Wasty. Check out my brand new track I just released with Sam Gray. Here is Human Touch.